I've been cheated by you. It is legendary. <laughs> Can't believe he would never tell her this. Can't believe he would be a cheater like this. Anyway. The invitation that said dad was for the wedding? Like, I'm so confused by the timeline. <laughs> I've never been happier in my entire life. <laughs> I've never felt this joy that I feel like right now. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Off to Broadway, the podcast where we deep dive into anything and everything musical theater from the comfort of my car. I'm Tara. I'm Stefania. And in today's episode, we're talking all about Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia, here I go again. My, my, how can I resist ya? Mamma Mia, does it show again? My, my, just how much I missed ya. This is very random, and I think that we should expose ourselves for the reason that we have decided to talk about Mamma Mia, because, like, obviously this is not a new show, and it's been around forever, but we were discussing what uh, our next episode should be, and you were, like, casually scrolling through, like, TV Guide, I was like, Uh Mamma Mia is on cable next week, like, should we watch it and then do an episode? So we are. <laughs> we did exactly that. We watched Mamma Mia 1 on the W Network. And in Canada. Then, in Canada. In Canada. And then we followed it up with a senior party for Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia again. 2. <laughs> yeah, culminating at 1 in the morning, obviously. Yes. And I think, I mean, I'm. it's fair to say that you and I both had like different thoughts on Mamma Mia Here We Go Again before watching it again. And also we had different thoughts on Mamma Mia before watching again this time. So yes, yes. It it was very interesting to revisit both of these and kind of feel differently after last night. (laughs) Yes, like let's jump into it. Going into our marathon last night, I was like, we're just watching Mamma Mia so we can get to Mamma Mia Here We Go Again. Yeah. But after watching, I was like, Mamma Mia is underrated. I had bad memories of it. I thought it was bad when I first watched it. And after we watched it last night, I think we were just, we just had such a blast watching Mamma Mia and these actors sing these ridiculous songs, these beautiful locations, having the time yeah. of their lives. I totally agree. I we had, I think we have said on this podcast many times that Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again is the one. I will insert a clip of Steph like <laughs> raving about it from last, no, two summers ago. Yeah. 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 If you know me, you might know I was recently on vacation. So we were <laughs> flying home. One of my favorite things to do was watch movies on the plane. And I watched what I've decided is the greatest movie of all time oh on my the plane God. home. And it is Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I was just on vacation. I was just at the beach. It was there. I'm like, I'll watch this. My life has changed forever. (laughs) Mamma Mia, uh, the first movie came out in 2008, which is like crazy that it took 10 years for that second movie to come out. Right. Based on the stage musical that premiered in the West End in 1999, right? Yes. Um, But I also remember seeing it the first time and being like, yeah, it's it's Mamma Mia, like whatever. But Mm -hmm. watching it again, I was like take me on vacation i'm ready to go let's go to greece when meryl streep sings the winner takes it all i i was so excited i just don't remember feeling that way about it the first time i saw it and seeing it this time i was like you sing meryl you tell sam you tell i know i texted you last night i was like this is her key like meryl is singing in her key i don't always think meryl sounds good in movie musicals but i think she really sounded good yeah. In that in that moment in that movie. So we are wearing our overalls for this episode. It's like beach hair. It's we're yeah. we can't go on vacation, so we're bringing no, vacation. We're bringing to vacation. Us. To you. These are great movies to make you feel like you're in Greece. Particularly the yes. first one. The second one feels like a lot of green screen, but the first one feels like they were on location in Greece on vacation and then filming a movie between vacationing. 
Yes. So let's talk a bit about the musical. I saw the musical in 2018. It was a tour, but I found out last night that it um, was in Toronto, part of Mervish, for five years, which is like kind of surprising to me because obviously we don't have very many residencies, if any, in Toronto um, now. The only one would be Come From Away. It's been here for a few years. But five years for Mamma Mia feels big. It is fairly rare, and it premiered here before it premiered on Broadway, right? Yes, starring Louise Petrie. Of course, of course, <laughs> who then went to Broadway with it, right? Like, yeah. were we the pre-Broadway? Is that what happened? With yeah, Broadway? it's, I mean, again, and never according closed? to our most reliable source, Wikipedia, Wikipedia. Um, it was the pre-Broadway. Obviously, it was on in on the West End in 1999, um, but it didn't open on Broadway until 2001 at the Winter Garden. It opened in Toronto in May of 2000. It also did a run at the Orpheum before it opened on Broadway. And it opened on Broadway in 2001. And I believe it was, it opened earlier in the year, but it was the first or one of the first shows to reopen after September 11th um, because they took a few days off. And uh, I really think that was what the city needed was Mamma Mia, was ABBA, was a dance party to kind of like get back to, to some semblance of normalcy at that time. I mean, if if the question is, is this show like a great storyline, good plot? The answer is no. But is it a great time? Yes. It's so fun. That music is so fun. I feel like we're always talking about this. Like we're always saying, is it objectively good? No. But is it a great time? Yes. And I think when we say something like that, like, I think we have to recognize that it is actually good because it is mm-hmm. giving you what you want, like what you're looking for. It is it is evoking an emotion in you and you can like criticize it. But at the same time, it's like, no, this is it's doing what it set out to do. You know, it is yeah. it is bringing joy the way it wants to. So and and this was also a conversation that we had with Patrick Flynn from the original cast when we did title songs. Title so- Mamma Mia from Mamma Mia was title song on my list for solely the reason that it's iconic, like end of story. And I, yeah, I agree. Like maybe we need to stop saying like, is this good? Because clearly like watching that movie last night, like <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Storyline, very flawed, but Look. overall good. You're right. The storyline isn't realistic whatsoever that a young girl would read her mother's diary and then write a letter to, not even write a letter, invite, send wedding invitations to three men who think she thinks might potentially be her father. And then they all show up and they're all like nice, good men. And then everyone gets along at the end. Is that realistic? No. No. <laughs> But that's why there is the suspension of disbelief in a musical, you know? Yeah, it's true. I think, uh, well, we talked about this off the mic. We'll definitely talk about it more on the mic when we do our In the Heights episode. But we did see an advanced screening of In the Heights. And something that I think is relatable to this movie is that there is that, like, fantastical element in both. Mm. Mamma Mia really plays into the movie musical genre. And they, I think specifically... The big choreographed dance numbers, I feel. Yes, the big choreographed dance numbers, the dan- the the lighting. There's something about the lighting that's just like not it's realistic. It's like consistently golden hour in Mamma Mia. It's always that like yeah, half hour it. between. It's like one of those things that when you actually go to Greece, you're like, does it look like this all the time? <laughs> or is it just Mamma Mia magic? And I'm sure it's magical in its own right. We've never been to Greece. No. But yeah, it's also like there's a couple scenes where like Meryl is dancing in the streets and people are like, I don't know, do it like throwing scarves and like doing different things. I was like, this is musical theater, like the genre of musical theater, what everyone thinks like that is the definition. It is that in its yes. in its best form. Like that is what it's showing us. Where it's like, oh, the entire town knows the same dance. The entire yes. town is just like ready to participate in this musical number. Uh, that like something really stood out from the first movie is the way that the Greek townspeople were used and the way that they were always ready to back up a musical number. It was, like, really, really fun. Yeah. So this music, obviously, is ABBA music. Um, This is not the first musical that they did. They actually did... (laughs) I mean, Chess is... It was a concept album at first, but Chess was the first, like... ABBA music being used in a musical theater setting. So obviously this music's super fun. ABBA music, this is music that I just know, like before we even saw Mamma Mia. Mind you, I wasn't a production of Mamma Mia when I was like 10 years old. And I... 
<laughs> so the camp that I went to, which is very similar to the camp that we worked at, um, you split the show into three acts so that multiple kids can get different experiences, whether it's art, dance, theater, and everybody gets a chance to like play a different kind of role. So, also so that one kid isn't carrying an like, hour plus long imagine, show. <laughs> imagine. Imagine an eight-year-old. <laughs> So I think I was 10 or 11, but the way that this camp worked was like if you got a lead in one session of the summer, which is like a two-week thing, then you couldn't get a lead the next time. Mind you, when I we didn't worked at the that camp, role. <laughs> no, no, I chose the best person for the for the part. That's how it works. The shows need to be good, okay? We have a reputation. Yes, exactly. So my shining moment was Act 3 Sophie in Mamma Mia at the camp Summerstock when I was like, 10 or 11 years old. Which is a really big get. Act three is the really big get. It is a really big get. And um, I, the, the, the most memorable songs in act three are I Dreamed a Dream, not I Dreamed a Dream, wow, lame is, <laughs> I Have a Dream, um, Slipping Through My Fingers, Say I Do, like it's the whole wedding scene mm-hmm. basically is where we are. Um, winner takes it all. So the, yes, it was a big get for me, but it was also kind of, traumatizing for me because I was given this wedding dress that was thrifted and it was like someone went in and and got the worst quality wedding dress that they could find and it smelled so heavily of cigarette smoke and me as a 10 year old was like I don't want to wear it. Like, I just don't want to wear it. Disgusting. Um, But, you know, we took it home. We Febrezed it up. I wore it for the show. And there is video footage of this. So maybe I will insert it for our YouTube um, viewers. She keeps on rolling. But yeah, it was like, it was so fun. I loved being a part of that show at camp because yes, I got to sing like the fun songs in act three, but I also was a part of like the Mamma Mia dance or the Dancing Queen dance. And obviously we as a camp like did a huge mega mix at the very end for our finale. It's so fun. Is it the right show to do for a group of like eight to 13 year olds? Absolutely not. But we had a blast. <laughs> it's fun. There's a lot of characters. Do you remember who your Sky was? Do you remember who your. Well, your he was like was? 15 years old. Hilarious. And I, again, was like 10. So it was like, I, I, it was, I was, it was out of my league. Like he was, was out of was. my league. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, I once auditioned for a talent show to a dance to Mamma Mia, but um, we were rejected from the talent show. So it's a that scarring is... memory for me. It's a scarring memory. <laughs> a highlight in my life and not one for yours. <laughs> uh, it was okay. You know, I, I lived to tell the tale. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, I do think there's something to... We talk about this a lot with jukebox musicals. Because you know the music already, because you already have an emotional connection to the music, you are already halfway there to being yeah. in love with the story, in love with the musical, in love, just like ready to have a good time. You're primed for it. Because when you hear, you know, the beginning of Dancing Queen or it's the, the beginning the piano of roll for me. You're right. You're right. The piano <laughs> roll every time. It's like, and it just right. starts. And it's so exciting. <laughs> Yeah. You it just can dance. The pointing. So good. The choreography with the piano keys. Yeah. Something I, I noticed in the movie, there's this huge like amount of extras dancers, and part of the choreography was the like boom 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 boom. <laughs> I was saying That's to you up. last night that this is one of those episodes that like I wish we were back in the car because <laughs> 
it's just so fun. Like we love these big musical moments and we obviously haven't been able to do any of that in the last uh, year, like together, experience the music together. Yeah. So watching the movie together is like kind of the same thing and it was great, but this is like such an audience interactive show. I mean, we can talk about the mega mix that happens at the end of the show every night. We just watched one mega mix <laughs> from the Broadway 10th anniversary. The music is so fun. The costumes are amazing. Um, but yeah, let's pick out some of our favorite moments from both movies. Sure. I think we both have like the same kind of moment from the first movie. I really need to talk about Voulez-vous. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about Voulez-vous. Talk about Voulez-vous. So in Voulez-vous, there, it's like part of the uh, Sophie's Bachelorette and Sky is having his bachelor party somewhere else. And um, her three dads are now there. And Donna is also aware that they're there, but she's kind of ignoring them throughout this scene because she doesn't want confrontation. She shows up in her like hot dress at a certain point. Yes. It, you know? So um, Voulez-vous is just like the most fun this scene specifically in the movie, like we watched it again after the movie <laughs> ended because it, the drama that's happening in the scene is one thing and it fits so well with the tone of the song. Everyone like spinning in a circle, everyone's outfits. It's just amazing. <laughs> It's like the culmination of everything, right? You've been waiting for the other shoe to drop. You've been waiting for these men to realize that there might be Sophie's dad. So they all realize within that moment, Donna's there, Sky is there. She's trying. Sophie's trying to distract her mom. The bad, yeah, the bachelor party showed up. Girls are like on top on of ropes. these men on yeah. ropes. That yeah, I don't know where they came from. They're wearing like masks, masks. for some reason. Sky and uh, Harry is wearing a mask. Colin Firth. I'm like Colin Firth know. is like peak comedy in this scene, <laughs> especially when he pulls up his mask. He's like, I I think I'm your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of them. When Stellan Skarsgård or Bill like is the first one to do math and be like how old are you? And you're just like, she's like, I'm 20. And he's like, oh my goodness. Oh my God. Like no one has done math before. Okay. No, no one has thought to do just a it's simple even, addition subtraction. It's not even that they didn't do math. They didn't even like put two and two together that their invitation literally said dad, but like they thought nothing. Did of it? That. Wait, wait, wait. Or did we make that up? Did we make that up? No, I swear to God. I swear to God she wrote dad at the, at the top because we were cracking ourselves up with, <laughs> okay, let's talk about this too. Okay. I'm 27 and a half years old, and in two and a half years, I'm going to turn 30, and I've already decided I'm having a Mamma Mia-themed 30th birthday party, and the thing that cracked us up while we were talking about my crying. hypothetical 30th birthday party that's Mamma Mia-themed is that all the invitations are going to be addressed to dad, um, <laughs> because yeah. we were inspired when we saw her writing dad on every invitation. Okay, so they really had no idea? Okay. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like the plot is so flawed, specifically in this <laughs> incredible moment, because like, sure, he can do the math and like, was it, did it really take them three days to realize that the invitation that said dad was for the wedding? Like, I'm so confused by it's the timeline. <laughs> That's very weird that, that she wrote dad on the invitations, as seen in the movie, because it's what, it is what spurred this idea. Yeah. Um, that they would then only halfway through this timeline realize that she thought they might be her father. Exactly. Fascinating. Fascinating. But also that scene is kind of like confusing to me in general. I know everyone is like wasted during it because obviously it's the bachelor bachelorette party. Mm -hmm. But when she's off having the conversation with Bill and he says to her, um, who's walking down the aisle? And she says, nobody. He's like, I am. Great. Yeah. Then she goes to have this conversation with um, Sam and he says, I think I'm your dad. Who's walking you down the aisle? And she says, nobody. I'm like, you literally <laughs> just told Bill. <laughs> like, we all saw it, girl. <laughs> she's just like, she's just like overwhelmed. She doesn't know what to do. I right. think she got to the right choice of having her mother walk her down the aisle, the person who's been with her her entire life. Yes. But I, I understand the like... Um, instinct for her to look for her father you know seeing all of her friends or everyone around her ever get their dad in that moment i just Man. wonder if she needed to wait until her wedding day to do this like why didn't she do this sooner right right you're right 
Um, and why did she make everyone fly to Greece for this to not even get married? Is my true question. That's we'll like get the to that. of the root. <laughs> we'll get to that because there's okay. a bunch of other songs we need to speak back on to, before we to get Vu. to the wedding. Back but, to Vulevu. Um, I know that you enjoyed Vulevu as well. Okay, I love Vulevu. <laughs> on my phone, like the version of Vulevu we have, it says it's by ABBA, but it's definitely the musical version because it has the dialogue scenes in it. And even my brother, he's like, he loves ABBA and he listens to Vulevu all the time, but it's the one with these being like, Sophie, I think I'm your dad. <laughs> it's like, there's the way the song just has builds and builds and builds an energy. And the moment it occupies in the stage show is the act one finale, right? So everything is coming to a head in that moment and then cuts to intermission. But in the movie, you can't do that. So you have this like building and building and building of energy in this circle, they're spinning around her. Sophie's in the middle like, uh, everyone's wearing a random mask. So it feels like almost tribal in a weird way. Yeah. Like, the way they're like chanting, screaming, it's crazy. I love it. And although we couldn't get to the cut to intermission, we did cut to a commercial break. So it felt <laughs> just right. as good. <laughs> right. We she literally does... watch this on cable, like please yes. understand. She does faint at the end of that scene, so it's, like, dramatic, even though I don't remember her fainting on stage. This no. is, like, also kind of funny to me because I saw this in 2018, which is not that long ago, but no. I really have no memories no of this show. <laughs> Except for that the sound was not really working, not which, Got like, it. maybe that is why I don't have memories of it because I was struggling to hear the whole time. Yeah, and nice. then... Um, I do remember the mega mix because obviously we got up and started clapping. But yes. uh, yeah, I don't remember the fainting happening at all. Um, obviously, we have to talk about Mamma Mia from Mamma Mia. We are going to touch on it again when we talk about the second movie because that scene, legendary. But yes. the first the first time we hear Mamma Mia in the movie is when uh, Donna finds out that the guys are there. She only finds out by like peeking through... Is it like a horse shed or something? It's the goat house. A trap goat door house. in the goat house. Yes. And she sees Pierce Brosnan, Sam, sitting there and is like, what? And all you hear in the background is the... It's so great. And it's like... those. There's such they, good like, Ab- tension in those notes. ABBA is really good at making you feel the tension during these numbers. Yeah. The way that they even... Uh, early in the movie, anytime you three the, see the three dads, they start playing like a little bit of like, gimme, gimme, gimme a man, like yes. underneath. And you're just like, the anticipation is building every time you see them because of that little like scoring. Yeah. So Mamma Mia is really fun in the first movie. Um, another song that I feel we must touch on because it is Pierce Brosnan's best work, his worst actor at the 2009 Razzie Awards work is SOS. It is <laughs> legendary. I we were cracking ourselves up last night. Oh my god. <laughs> I literally messaged you as we we're watching SOS and then obviously cuz we're on cable cuts to commercial and I was like if Pierce Brosnan did not win a Razzie for this, I'll be upset. I googled it and he did and my day was made. <laughs> It's just there are no other performances. However, I do think it might be the greatest performance of all time. Uh, oh, yes. A hundred percent. He's committing. There's something extremely charming about the fact that none of these men can really sing. That also, they're none all of the, really bad. Not none of the women can really sing, but like the women also can't really sing. They're not, they're not you know, serving us, you know, amazing belting here. But Christine Baranski is doing good. Meryl yeah, sounds she's great. good, we think. Julie Walters sounds like herself. Um, Amanda Seyfried is fine. Dominic Cooper is doing whatever he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not much. He's really cute in the first movie, okay? He's really cute then. Yeah. Um, But the most iconic scene in SOS is when uh, Donna and Sam go back to back outside on the white wall of this like little Greek town and Pierce Brosnan is growling his, when you're gone, it's so (laughs) amazing. The commitment. It's the commitment for me. He was 
giving everything. I just need to um, pull up the IMDb trivia on Mamma Mia because I found out that Pierce Brosnan did not sign up for this movie. Um, he was told that Meryl Streep was going to be in it. And I think that he's like always had a crush on Meryl. So here is the quote from the IMDb Mamma Mia trivia. Pierce Brosnan had no idea what the project was about when he signed on. The producers told him it was being filmed in Greece and Meryl Streep was starring. Brosnan said he would have signed for signed on for anything involving Streep describing her as the gorgeous blonde I fancy terribly in drama school. So our question last night was, Pierce, did you not know that this was a musical? Because did that just get surprised on you like Christian Bale in News? <laughs> That's all I could think of too. I... Like, did the casting directors even think of this? Did he have to sing at any point before the movie was produced? And also, did they just go to the recording booth being like, Pierce, show us what you got? Yeah, because I also think that out of the three guys, he, that character sings the most. Yes, because he is like the one meant for Meryl, like, uh, or for Donna. Donna. <laughs> but for Meryl. <laughs> it's like, it's Meryl and Pierce, but, you know, Donna and Sam, like, he is the one that got away, right? The other guys were just flings, dalliances, but Sam was the one. So yeah. they sing SOS, they have to get married at the end, like, he's always there. Okay, another standout song from this is Take a Chance on Me between Rosie and Bill. Because one, that is a great ABBA song. You can't not have it, but it doesn't quite fit into like Sky and Sophie's story or Donna and Sam's story. So we have this like third love story between Rosie and Bill, and she has to like tell him like take a chance on me. And it's so it's such a great fun fun moment. If you change your mind, take a chance. I'm the first in line. Honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. If you need me, let me know. It's gonna be around. If you got no place to go when you're feeling down. If you're all alone, when the pretty words have flown, honey, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. Gonna do my very best, and it ain't no lie. If you put me to the test. Yeah, I agree. Um, something that we talked about yesterday, but we didn't want to give our answers away until we did this right now, is right. who do you think is Sophie's real dad? Okay, I do have thoughts on this. And I actually talked to my mom about this the other day, and she also has the same thoughts. I think Bill is the real dad. Why? I don't know. It's just a gut feeling. <laughs> So, like, that's just it. It's just, it's my, in my gut, her dad is Bill. I think if you were to actually watch both of these movies in chronological order, for me, the second one is first, and then we follow up with Mamma Mia, because it's sure. kind of like a prequel. It's young Donna, yes. so we see, like, the relationship. Edit it all together so with the, like, flashback scenes first, and then the sequel, yes. Like a full four hours, like, we yes. needed to have Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, so in watching that and thinking about that, I was like, it has to be Sam. Like, it has to be Sam, just based well, he, on, like, timelines that we don't even know what the real timelines are. She spent the most time with Sam. I think Sam had the most opportunity, right? So if we're talking about the timeline, she's with Harry first, right? Um, I don't think it's Harry. Then she's no. she meets Bill, but they don't sleep together. Then no. she's with Sam for, it seems like, a week before yeah. he goes back to his fiance, like a jerk, okay? Can't believe he would never tell her this. Can't believe he would be a cheater like this. Anyway, so they're they're together for a longer time, so they have more opportunity. Then after Sam leaves, she's like licking her wounds. She gets with uh, Bill. Bill. Um, and then, you know, we don't know how, how long they're together or not before she realizes she's pregnant. I've just always thought it's Bill. I mean, is it because Stella Skarsgård is blonde? Maybe. <laughs> well, it's also because in that first movie, in that in the Voulez-Vous scene, and I think a little before that too, they talk about the fact that he has a grandmother named Sophie, and she was like, "That's who I'm named after." I'm like, "Well, right, why would Donna right. freaking just drop this hint if it wasn't true? Like, it doesn't make any sense." That's true, but does Donna even know who the no, father don't, is? No, because at the wedding or the non-wedding uh, that that doesn't happen at the end of the movie, um, she well, someone gets married at the wedding. 
Well, yes, but Donna has this moment of, I know why they're all here. One of them is your dad. And they all stand up and she was like, but I don't know who your dad is. <laughs> like, okay, so we've really resolved no issues in this no, entire no, no. movie. Like, what are we doing? But they all, you know, Donna gets these men back in her life. Sophie gets not just one dad, but three dads. Like, it's all happy at the end. The most unrealistic thing to me is that all of these guys are friends immediately. Yeah, like yeah. They've never met each other. They go on the boat no together. They just hang asked. out the entire time they're in Greece. Like, I, I mean, I have made vacation friends where it's like, you know, you go on vacation somewhere and you're like, well, I don't really know anyone besides. Yes, but you you're know. not all questioning if you have a daughter, you know, like. But they didn't even think this is why they were there. It's so funny. It's so The invitation stupid. was addressed to dad. <laughs> It's all so confusing. We could like rehash this every day and we'll never get a real answer. No, you're we right, gotta call right. someone up. Like, who we do we gotta, ask? Like, suspend. You know, I think we need to call Lu- Louise Petrie up and see what she Lulu thinks. Pitt. Lulu Pitt. <laughs> we need a cast member's thoughts on this so that they can tell us how they feel, how they like characterized, um, yeah. how they got in the zone. We need to talk to the men who played, some of the men who played the dads and be like, mm-hmm. did, how did you approach it? Did, did you approach it as you were her dad or not her dad? Like, Because I think? can tell you in the production that I was in, we also didn't address it. So <laughs> right, it's never addressed, right? They, she doesn't take a paternity test on purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, even in the second movie, she introduces Pierce Brosnan and Sam as her stepdad and also one third of her dad. And it's like, well, which one is he? <laughs> Pick one. Exactly. I also love the friendship in the second movie because we imagine that these people spent the 48 hours that they were there and then came back in the real world 10 years later to reunite for this movie. <laughs> um, but what we did touch on at the very beginning is in between the two movies, the first movie feels very authentically Greek, like right. Greek, and the second movie does not because I imagine there was lots of green screen, lots of it feels very studio. Yeah, and something that we both loved in the first movie was that walk up to the chapel yes. and how Gorgeous. stunning it was, but also Gorgeous. how fast Meryl got up there after singing this huge number of The okay. Winner Takes It All. Okay, they're going out for Sophie's wedding. Meryl's like... <laughs> Sorry, I just got to sing my feelings for five minutes. The wedding is being held up because they can't start without her. And then not only does she sing at the bottom of this thing, then she's got to walk up. We see her run all her breath. Yeah. And then Pierce Brosnan follows her up because he's also got to go to this wedding. It's just like, be back in two seconds. I got to sing the winner takes it all. Yes. And then they also Legendarily. Yes. And then they also (laughs) walk up the same staircase for the baptism at the end of the second movie. However... I'm not sure that they were actually there for the second movie. <laughs> I feel like they sent like a drone or something. I, I very struggle just to get a shot of the of the like little church at the top of the hill because yeah. then you only see them like up there already and in the church. So I I really was watching it with the like eagle eyes to see yes. the shortcuts they were taking in Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Um, also legendary in Mamma Mia, we've touched on both of them, but Christine Baranski and Julie yes. Walters giving... Christine Baranski's hair. Yes. She's serving a great bob. And the casting in the second movie for the younger versions is really good for both of them. I actually think it's yes. good all around for uh, yeah, the younger young versions. casting. Yeah. But there's a moment, I don't even know what that song is called, when Christine Baranski is like singing on the beach in a bathing suit with all of the boys. Right. What is it called? Does Your Mother Know? Is that what it's called? Yes. It's yeah. Does Your Mother Know. And it was like, wow, Christine Baranski, I would love to see you do anything in person. And I truly believe that her most iconic role was in The Grinch. Um, <laughs> I love her so much in that. But something interesting that you were saying is that we know her as this actress from movies that does like things and here TV and there. But and she, yeah. yeah, but she's like a legend in the theater world for sure she's a big theater person done a lot of musicals but she is kind of popping up in a lot of like movie musicals recently ish i feel like i'm just thinking like into the woods and mamma mia obviously wasn't she in that dolly parton christmas movie that you watched she was in the dolly parton uh, christmas on the square wow that movie was a trip (laughs) oh god i just remember you like saying you know who shows up christine baranski christine baranski she's always there the main character She's the always there. She's always serving looks and always killing it. Who else is in that movie? My boyfriend, Josh Segarra. You know, never yes. forget. 
And Dolly, of course. We can and never Dolly, of course. We, Dolly. She's just a given in that movie. But no, yeah. Christine Bransky is the star of that movie. And then the first movie, well, the musical ends with a mega mix of mega mixes of all ABBA songs. And so the movie, in kind of tribute to that, as the end credits are going, we get Donna and the Dynamos out in their full looks singing. And then the men come out. Which I want to put on record right now. The next time we can go out for Halloween, it's Donna and the Dynamos. Like we're, we're going to be it. Donna and the Dynamos. You're right. I agree. I, back to my hypothetical 30th birthday party. Okay, we're going to do a costume change. Okay, we're going to come out looking yes. you know, Greek vacation, white and I blue. Am, I'm ready to rent a costume for yeah, this yeah. party. And then halfway through, okay, I'm going to go coming back for a costume change. Going to be Donna and the Dynamos. Okay, we, you can be one of the other ones. I'm obviously Donna. Um. Oh, I'm Christine Baranski is okay. the one I'm choosing. Okay. But I just picture us just like like in the Mega Mix coming up from the ground just yeah, like, you know, exactly. just like ready. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, I need to find like a yacht with um like a little like toaster or whatever. <laughs> a lift. A lift. Wow. Um like, like performances, you know. I it shouldn't be too hard to find. Maybe the not like short. <laughs> Put out the ask now. We're yeah. we a years few out. years away. Start yeah. <laughs> exactly. Just start booking. So let's move into Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which again, this was a movie that you and I had very fond memories of. Not that I don't have fond memories now watching it back, right. but I don't feel the same way that I did after seeing it. And I just think that in the first movie, and maybe it's because they repeat some of the songs in the second one, but it's like hit after hit after hit yes. after hit. And the first movie, or sorry, the second movie kind of drags right off the top with a song that like, I don't even remember what it was. Mommy, here we go again, has the highest highs, but also the lowest lows. Um, yeah. The first three songs, When I Kissed the Teacher, One of Us, which was truly boring. And then I love Waterloo, but this version of Waterloo, which is about literally the war of Waterloo. And like, I know that's what the song is about, but <laughs> but they, it's just like a fun song in the first movie. But here we're like literally discussing the war. I don't know what's going on. I know. I'm like, we didn't need any of this. And then, you know, the next song is SOS, Pierce Brosnan again. So while I but love a ballad. that. It's a ballad version. Yes, he's, he's like, you know, 10 years older, Pierce Brosnan. He's sad because Donna's dead. Which was a true shock when we first saw that trailer. I was like, wait, is Meryl I, dead? My favorite part about this movie is specifically the promo process because they really did not hide the fact that she was dead. It was like first shot of the trailer. You see Pierce Brosnan in the hotel that Looking now like Sophie has taken over. Yeah, it's just a portrait of Meryl from the first movie, you know, in her overalls, just like looking out. And I'm pretty sure everyone after that moment or read the comments on YouTube, it's like, is Donna dead? Like, when did, when did she die? And we literally hear nothing about that the entire movie. Um, it's not even addressed. You just know that it happened. Yeah, it's just, it's in, a, in the past. I did hear of someone, I can't even give credit to who it was, but going to see this movie, not knowing seeing that fact. Like not, seeing, like, not knowing Meryl's dead, and then being like five minutes and being like, wait, is Meryl not in this and their, their friend was like no and they're like well, then why are we here <laughs> it, it, it honestly is fine without her as good as yeah. I think she was in the first movie it's fine without her well and I really think that that's all like cre- give all the credit in the world to Lily James like her Donna True. is really good she's yes also like you don't looks... feel like you're missing Donna you don't feel no, like you're missing the character at all exactly she also looks stunning everything she's wearing the i blonde. want everything the, like billowy skirts the like cold shoulder off the shoulder like peasant tops yes Beautiful. it's bohemian realness we love it i yeah. i think all of her out- outfits are great but i also think she has like a decent voice and i said i think she could have been a sophie too like she is sure. very interchangeable in that way can sing both they're not super hard songs no. to sing they kind of sit well in everyone's like register so i think she would be good in either part but the most iconic scene, and I think Lily James's best moment in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, is this rendition of Mamma Mia. It yes. is so good. And you were saying that it's like the chills moment of the second movie. Yes. Let's set the stage, okay? Donna has just discovered that Sam, a very hot Jeremy Irvine, Irvine? <laughs> a very hot Jeremy Irvine, has a fiance at home. And she's obviously pissed. She's like, get out. And her besties come and are like, where's the hot architect? And she's like, he's gone. 
And so she goes to this like restaurant she's been singing at and she's not in the mood to do an upbeat Don at the Dynamo song. They're like, well, then channel that anger. And it just starts like, I've been cheated by you. And, and you're just like, going. <laughs> I can't go on. <laughs> it's like, ooh, it's happening. It's happening. And you're like, yes, Mama Mia. It must come to an end. Look at me now. Will I ever learn? I don't know how, but I suddenly lose control. There's a fire within my soul. Just one look and I can hear a blowing. One more look and I forget everything. And then, obviously, like in every single like movie musical, suspend all of your disbelief. The entire band knows the whole song, yeah. so do all of the rest of the dynamos. And then everybody from the village comes inside to, like, to dance. Are we supposed along. to believe that she's just off the cuff singing this song, making up the lyrics as yes. she goes along? Yes, she's also wearing I, these great flared jeans. Like it's yes. a really good scene. I, I think the costume design is so good because I think it looks like the beginning of what the Don and the Dynamo's costumes will become. Like they're yes. much more could have been bought at the store and modified versus when the older versions are wearing them. It's like full on lame glitter shoulder pads you know yeah. it's like oh we found these tops at like a store and like modified them a little bit i actually kind of wish that there was a scene of them like making, making their own costumes i agree i agree that would have been really fun just like the three girls sitting in one of the bedrooms like kind of right after they graduate because they're sitting mm -hmm. there anyway discussing before donna yeah. chooses to like go around the world but yeah just like putting the patches on the jeans and like doing the cool stuff it's great. I really love the beginning costumes as well. And yeah, it's like that kind of changes what Mamma Mia that song is in this mm. movie because it becomes like a breakup anthem instead yes. of like what we see it as in the first movie of literally like Mamma Mia, oh, no. they're all here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the first movie is like a shocking moment, but in the second movie, because she slows it down and almost like talk sings those first lines, you really hear them. And you're like, oh, she was just cheated by him. She yes. is angry. It becomes it like it's an empowering moment. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. And you feel like the origin of like Donna and the Dynamos, even though they've already existed, that moment feels like a big moment for them. As much as there are plot holes in the first movie, there are definitely even more plot holes in the second movie. What is the second movie even about? What I, don't, I don't even know. I actually don't even know. Um, I'm assuming Sophie, like, Sophie has taken over the hotel. She's, like, managing it. She is having a party, but I don't know why. I think Do it's, like, a reopening, why? a grand reopening. Oh, yes. And then there's obviously, like, the most pathetic fallacy moment in the whole movie of the gigantic tornado right. thunderstorm. I love the thunderstorm because it's the parallel, like... In the thunderstorm, uh, young Donna's running, and then like young Sam rolls up on his motorcycle. It's pouring rain, and but he runs is... to help her. But then, when in the future, Sophie's trying to hold things up, and older Sam comes to help her, and you're just like, "Oh my god, he's always there." Yes, but also like the us. most unrealistic-looking thunderstorm I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> well, it was clearly on a soundstage. Like, yeah, it was, it was like Universal Studios earthquake. Like that's what yes. we experienced in that moment. Um, yeah, that's like the gist, I guess, of that storyline. Also, Christine Baranski, Julie Walters, they reprise their characters. But then I was, I was saying the younger versions are really good. Shout out to Jessica Keenan Wynn, who looks just like a young Christine Baranski. With that bob, you're like... She looks amazing. Fantastic casting, fantastic casting. I wish that she had more to do because we know that she has such a great voice. Yes. And I wish that she got to use it. Yes, I feel like even Christine Baranski, there's a song, what is it, Angel Eyes? Yeah. Where they're dancing and the dancers pick up Christine Bransky and lift her over a table and she does like a double like fan kick over this table and I'm like Christine <laughs> still got, got it, it. <laughs> and then Amanda Seyfried is lifted over and she does like a little like tuck almost I'm like okay not as good as Christine and then no. <laughs> like Julie Walters gets the gag of like no one being there to lift her over which is funny but like yes. Christine Bransky just like boom bah yeah. Love it. So we haven't fully talked about Dancing Queen yet, You're which is right. obviously an iconic song in general, but I will leave you to discuss this okay. moment of Dancing Queen. This is the highest high of both Mamma Mia movies. Yeah. Is the Dancing Queen scene in Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Okay, I. Uh, Sam is with 
Sophie on the island. They're like, no one's going to come to our party, but that's okay. But then they get the binoculars and they look out and there's like a horde of boats coming. And you look at one boat and it's Bill and Harry, like Titanic, I'm king of the world (laughs) at the front of this boat as like the beginning of Dancing Queen starts playing. So it's like, ah, and you've got like Harry and like Colin Firth and Stellan Sarsgaard just like titanicking at the front of this boat. And you're like, I've never been happier in my entire life. I've never felt this joy that I'm feeling right now. That was also the moment in in both movies that it's like, these guys are not acting. They're literally just having They're the just time of their on life. on vacation. <laughs> They're just yeah. living their life. You can dance, you can jive, having the time of my life, okay? Exactly. It literally says that. And then there's just big dance numbers on the boats. Then the boats arrive. I, the person who I like to watch the most in this is Pierce Brosnan because he, it's like a dance where they're like walking through the streets and he's always just like, like, <laughs> like gesturing. He's having a ball. It's cracking me up every time. Yeah. And then obviously Sky comes and this it's very exciting. This Sky's there. It's so cute. Even though Amanda oh. Seyfried is wearing an awful poncho in this whole scene, I cannot <laughs> get over the poncho. She's wearing a poncho for half the movie. She's wearing this poncho for half the movie. Yes. And then after that scene, we find out, spoiler, she's pregnant. And it's of like, course she is. When? Sky hasn't been here for like months as far you know as we what can though tell. she says she says at least we know who the father is this time which do you nice <laughs> do we actually know who the father is because he hasn't been around um and then yeah like s- nothing really happens in the next 15 minutes of the movie until well share arrives everything happens on a helicopter For- fernando <laughs> fernando okay there was something in the Yes, like we get we get Amanda Seyfried joining Donut in the Dynamos and singing I've Been Waiting for You, which nobody needed. It's really boring. Um, I think she's fine as Sophie, but she's not like a big dance number person. She doesn't she does she's not a performer with a lot of energy, if that makes sense. So like she obviously does a ballad in this moment. It's kind of yes. like meh. I also think nothing against Amanda Seyfried, but I really hope the movie musical career is over for her. This should have been the last one. <laughs> well, you're right. We got her. I think actually she personality-wise, like performance-wise, matches Cosette well. Like I think yes. that's a good role for her. Sophie is fine. Has she done other musicals? I can't even think now. No, but the rumor is wicked. I don't, I don't believe it's not a rumor. It's not a rumor. It's a rumor that she put out herself in an interview for her doing press for Mank. I guess it kind of came up of like her maybe doing movie musicals and her singing. Um, what is this feeling with Samantha Barks on set of Les Mis? And then ever since that moment, she was like, well, I need to play Glinda. And I'm here to tell you today, Amanda, we don't need it. We really don't. One, at this point, she's way too old. Like, and this is not an insult, but these are college students in Wicked. Like, that's yeah. the age there are. I picture them like 18 to 22-ish age. And you can play a little bit younger, but, you know, I want, like, young people in this movie, especially because we're going to be close-ups on screen i also want someone who has like a great soprano voice to be able to hit those notes and i just don't think amanda has that um, no at all no i agree so i do hope that this was the last we will see i mean i'm ready for mamma mia 3 whenever yeah, yeah. it happens she, she can, can do as many Mamma Mia's as she wants yeah for sure but we don't i don't what's, know that we need another one what's our plot for mamma mia 3 what do we think? Well, okay, so this was what I was saying. When we were thinking about who is Sophie's dad, maybe we don't know yet. Maybe there's another person in play and the whole movie will be about them. Or alternatively, it's about the baby. And it's like a whole right. new love story. About Donnie. About Donnie. And Meryl, unfortunately, won't be in it. No. Well, maybe she could just come in for like a day, you know? On a soundstage as a ghost <laughs> On a soundstage <laughs> as she did for this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, so, okay, so we're thinking Donnie, because um, we need a love story, we need a love story, and the only person who isn't really paired up, well, actually, Christine Bransky, Tanya, she is, is with Fernando's brother, yes. um, so she did kind of get paired up, so everyone's in love, um, so, okay, so it's very far in the future, Donnie, 
maybe Donnie's a teenager. Donnie's yeah, in high school. Yeah, I, I would like young. watch that. Yeah. Um, and but are, are we repeating all the same songs again? Yes. Yes. Okay. Mamma Mia, Dancing Queen, you know, Voulez Vous Gotta Come Back because it wasn't in the second one. Agreed. Um, you know, Take a Chance on Me, Come Back because it wasn't in the second one. Um, maybe we bring some stuff from Chess in, you know, just for like a variety. <laughs> Nobody's side. Okay. So Donnie himself is in high school and we have three girls that he knows that are like, it's like a summer He's got three girls there who, like, he's interested in, and they all have, like, different personalities, whatever. No one gets pregnant because they're in high school. Um, and, uh, you know, we have, like, Dominic Cooper here to give him advice. Dominic Cooper got- is not coming back for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but there's something extremely charming to me about Dominic Cooper in this movies. I don't understand why. <laughs> I love him. Don't ask me why. Lay all your love on me, okay? Um <laughs> What what song did they sing over the phone over his like landline at the beginning? The, of the landline movie? at the hotel. Oh, one of us. One of we us. We didn't need it. No. Yes. It was boring. We didn't need it. Um. Yeah. So Dominic Cooper's giving advice. We've got the dads giving advice, but he's always turning to the men. But it turns out who he really needs to turn to is his mom, and that's the finale with like Sophie helping him. But then he realizes I'm young. I don't need to be with anyone right now. This is like a horrible plot for a movie, but I think we're getting somewhere. I think we're getting somewhere. It's about Donnie. I mean, it's there's this is more plot than both of the other ones gave us. Yeah, so yeah. you're on to something here. Um, but yeah, I I think again, like the first movie, the best parts of the second movie are the big musical numbers. Obviously, we mm-hmm. get Cher singing this like crazy Fernando Fernando number, which then led her to put out an entire album called Dancing Queen. She went on tour, sang all of these songs. So. We love that. And then obviously we get a huge super trooper like mega mix at the end of the Okay, second that's movie. actually my favorite part of the movie because <laughs> the outfit, Cher's outfit. Cher's outfit. Like everybody's in this dance. You've got the three um you know, younger Don and the Dynamos. Then you got the three older Don and the Dynamos. You've got the three younger men. You've got the three older men. You've got Sophie and Sky. You've got Cher. You've got Andy Garcia. You've got everybody like having a dance party. I love when the like younger versions of the characters get to dance with the older versions of the characters. It's like wonderful. It's magical. fun i think that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day is that this is just like a mindless two and a half hours four hours for us and you just transports you to greece it transports you you feel like you're on vacation yeah and it's just like joyful is really all it is at the end of the day and i think what's interesting to me is that obviously this ran for five years in toronto it is the ninth longest running show on broadway it closed in 2015 and i was reading that like over 65 million people have seen mamma mia it's like gross four billion dollars and now it's kind of like made its way onto tiktok again Mm. which is a whole new audience um, listening to these songs, most of them probably never heard an ABBA song in their life <laughs> until seeing it on TikTok. And the most iconic ones are um, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme. It's a literally entire choreographed routine. Uh-huh. Um, there's Angel Eyes, where it's two people wearing a towel on their head with sunglasses and red lipstick <laughs> and literally just singing. Steph and I will recreate it. It's very yeah, fun. It's and obviously, like, lay, your, lay All Your Love On Me. Everyone is, like, rolling around in the <laughs> sand on a beach like in the first movie and there's one more oh your favorite moment the tiktok one the da 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 oh the like the legs we didn't even talk about this with bill and and donna on the boat what is that song called um why did it have to be me fantastic song on the boat that like choreography can we shout out the choreographer his name is andy yeah. and last he choreographed both movies and i i think there's like the perfect amount of like wink to the audience as well as just like really great party choreography great combination for both both movies by adding like the piano keys in dancing queen or just like the pointing you can dance like it it is enough to get the audience feeling like they can join and dance really easily while mm-hmm. still like being energy and ha- being unique and really being fun and capturing yeah. vacation. It's so good. 
Yeah, so obviously it's had like kind of a bigger uprise on social media recently. And then something that I'm like truly obsessed with is the Mamma Mia, the party that is in right. London. We've been it's not about this open for so right long. now. It's not open right now. But I saw a trailer for this like years ago. And then it was in London in 2019. It is literally, you sit at the O2, the, I think it's like the floor of the arena. They put all of these different tables. You eat that dinner. Like different venues at the O2. Like there's, it's like one of the smaller yeah, very ones. Yeah. Similar to like Madison Square Garden, where you can like right. go around and see the Grinch on a different floor than a hockey yeah. game. And um, <laughs> so there's like different tables around. You get dinner, you get one drink, and there's like a version of Mamma Mia. It's a four course meal. You. Please no, a four course meal. I've looked it up. I want to go so bad. <laughs> next time, I feel like the story of our lives has been going on vacation and being like, we'll do this next time, we'll do this next time. And this past year has taught us like maybe there won't be a next time. So we have to take things by the horns when when we can. So next time we are in London, we will 100% be doing the O2 experience. Well, I also read that Mamma Mia was at... Um at Vegas, and it was one of the longest running like Broadway slash West End shows sure. that played out of Vegas. Vegas. I think it was at the Venetian. Also, what a great place for that because it's like you're already transporting yourself to different places in these hotels because they're so themed. And then you like, welcome to Greece. Here's Mamma Mia. So I feel like okay. it would be great. He, here's the best venue for Mamma Mia. Oh, it's a on a Mediterranean cruise. Right? cruise. Yes. A Mediterranean <laughs> cruise. I was literally just going to say. Mediterranean cruise. But like not in the theater of the cruise ship, like literally around the whole boat. Outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, sure, sure. At all times. You go spend the day in Greece and then you go in on the ship at night and you spend it in Greece again to add the music. Okay. But while like reading about this show and kind of the success of it, there's been tours all around the world. Mm. So it's kind of like a universally loved piece. And I had said to you, if you're going to revive this show in X number of years, like it needs to be star studded. I need always, like the always. biggest of biggest casts <laughs> for a revival of Mamma Mia. And I will be front row dancing along to Dancing Queen. <laughs> like we will. We tried to dream cast it last night, but it's too hard. I it's feel so like hard. Just just stunt cast. But it, I'm like, like kind crazy. of committed to Audra as as Donna. Um, Donna. Yeah, I'm I kind like, of committed like to it. that. I like mm-hmm. Audra's Donna as well. I think that's a good choice. And, and then also, you kind of build the if Audra, yes, and if Audra's going to be in it, like let's just bring real life love story Will Swenson and have him play one. Yes, of the have him be, have him be <laughs> Sam. Oh my goodness, this yeah. is great. This is great. Okay, Audra, okay, call your agent. <laughs> Audra, we have this pitch for you. Okay, we have a pitch for you. Yes. Um, okay. Another question I asked you last night to think about is, if you were on vacation in Greece, which unfortunately we haven't been, what? Ava song do you want to play like right as you are walking through the streets of Mykonos that would make you get your life like in your best vacation outfit your one Ava song is like blasting which one is it it's gimme 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 a man after midnight <laughs> great great choice great fantastic choice because yes I think the instrumental of that song which as you were saying it like kind of underscores the men in the first movie Mm -hmm. and we don't really get I mean we do get the full number but we don't get it right away and I think that song is like kind of disco in its prime it is so fun and I just picture me walking down the street like wearing a hat because obviously and like (laughs) sunglasses and whatever or maybe this is like going out at night and it's like is there a man out there (laughs) it's just like it needs to happen Fantastic choice. Fantastic choice. Okay. What about you? I have decided this was a tough one, but I think the answer is Super Trooper. It's like... <laughs> I just picture you just like, Super, super Trooper. trooper. I feel like you just like strut through the streets like, boom, 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 boom. And like, I imagine like putting on lipstick and just being like, yes, put it in the bag and walk, go. As we play Super Trooper... Like next, when I'm in Greece, I'm just gonna hold my phone as I play Super Trooper and just. We'll like, bring, we'll get bring my a life. portable speaker. We'll bring yeah. a portable speaker. Super Trooper lights are gonna find me, but I won't feel blue like I always do. 
Um, I also close second voulez-vous because I just think it'd be so fun. <laughs> That's like you're at a bar. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm thinking whenever we have a bachelorette party, we have to play voulez-vous. That's like... A hundred percent. It's like on it the playlist. It opens and closes and is in the middle of every night, you know? Yes. Every bachelorette I just party. like picture like if we were in Greece, like you walking down Greece to voulez-vous and like me in the background being like, uh-huh. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> we get like the masks. <laughs> yeah. We were we my our friend Alessandra joined us to watch Mamma Mia 2 and she has been to Greece and I was like, What song did you do? And she's like, Well, I was always trying to sing Dancing Queen, but no one joined in with her. And I'm like, that's disappointing. So you gotta make sure you're going with the right crowd, is what I'm saying. Yeah. She also like popped in halfway through, which was great. <laughs> well, the first time I ever watched it was on a plane on the way home from vacation with her, and she was asleep and she woke up and I'm like, Cher's about to come here. Here's a headphone. Like, let's go. Yeah. So which is, that's the I way feel- to watch it. I also feel that like watching both of these movies on a plane is the correct way to watch it. Yes, it extends your vacation. We were on the way home and I'm like, I want to feel like I'm still on vacation. I'm watching yeah. Mamiya 2. Here we go again. So if anyone happens to just like casually find this episode in like two years from now when we're allowed to travel and you're on a flight to Greece, you better yeah. put on Mamma Mia in honor of us. You better. <laughs> and also if it's two years from now, um, remind me to plan my 30th birthday. So... <laughs> Yes. And if you actually know us, expect an invitation that says dad on it. So. <laughs> it's addressed to dad. Exactly. Exactly. Now I have to follow through because it's been like put onto the internet. So it's public like, now. I forget. You have to remember. Yeah. There's a note on my phone about this now. And I feel like that's probably the perfect place yes. to wrap up our thoughts and feelings on Mamma Mia. Honestly, if you have not seen this, like go and watch it. You will not regret it. It is so fun. So much joy. And like, it's just a good time. And it's filling that vacation hole. Yes. And with that being said, it is now time for our obsession of the week. You know, always trying to find new cast recordings of musicals that maybe I haven't heard before. And one that was kind of like pointed out to me on social media was the High Fidelity cast recording. It is a musical written by Tom Kitt and Amanda Green. It was on Broadway in the year 2006. It ran for... 13 performances um, opened and closed in the same month. I, what I'm theater? So sorry to you. Oh, what theater was it? I have it. Is it the Imperial Theater? Oh. Which is a great theater. I love the Imperial Theater. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was at the Imperial. Currently the home of 82 Proud. Well, currently the home of nothing, but currently the home of 82 Proud. Um, it starred Will Chase and Jen Colella. Like, Oh my what? god. What a duo. How did we what? not know about this? I know. So the song is the opening number and it's called The Last Real Record Store on Earth. Um, the main character, he owns a record store and he's kind of like, you know, figuring out his life and is kind of written in the 90s. Um, the, it's based on a book written in the 90s and the musical came out in the 2000s when, you know, there was a lot of turmoil for record stores. Like we really don't even have record stores at all anymore. No. Um, so, I'm pretty sure, sadly, like the most iconic one recently closed in Toronto. Like we don't have Sam the record wait, store anymore. Oh, that, I know that one closed a while ago. Um, yeah. I'm even just thinking like HMV. Does HMV yeah. even exist anymore? It's all no. gone. You know, that's not where you're buying. You're, there's no dedicated place really people are to buying, go and buy music. People are buying the vinyls at like Urban Outfitters. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And I, there's a few like independent ones. But for the most part, if you're buying music, you're buying it completely digitally or you're just streaming it yeah um and the the like days of you know buying a cd a physical cd are very are like over so Mm -hmm. um the song is called the last real record store on earth and it's just like a really fun expository opening number will chase sounds great on it it just has like a good mood a good vibe and it's like a really fun song and the whole cast recording is pretty fun so um high fidelity the opening number at the last real record store on earth and i wouldn't change a thing about it Decker step into my mecca It's the last real record store on earth. I just can't believe this duo of Jen Colella and Will Chase. <laughs> I know. Like, 
to I our need faves. to see a video. To our faves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my obsession this week is something that I've seen on TikTok um, <laughs> many times. And it is this guy. His TikTok handle is Jacob Sutherland. And he does mashups, um, literally garage band mashups of different songs. And it's been a minute since we've talked about six. And this is a mashup of Toxic, Britney Spears, and All You Want to Do, Six. I did see and this. It's so good. Like, he yeah. got the exact moments, the, like, the beginning of da, Toxic, da. the da, na, 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 goes into tall, dark. It's so good. Like, the way that it's mixed, and it's very, it seems, like, decently easy because it's just on GarageBand. Um, mm-hmm. So good. There's a Girlfriend, Avril Lavigne mashup with Sorry Not Sorry. There's a Beyonce Girls Run the World with um, No Way. And then he also did a super, super random kind of like comedy moment, but also great. Um, mm-hmm. I Believe, Book of Mormon, and Believe, Spring Awakening. And it's That's funny. pretty funny. That's really um, funny. But it's just like, it's just cool to hear these songs, especially with Six, because we know that the queens were inspired by these mm. actual artists. So to hear the real songs, not necessarily that they were based on those real songs, but to hear songs from these artists being mashed together with the songs that we know from Six is so fun. It's really well done. And yeah, it like came up on my For You page and I was like, what is this? I need to stop and listen to it. And I think like a bunch of different theater people have also gotten a hold of it because it came up again on my For You page and obviously you've seen it as well. So his TikTok handle is Jacob Sutherland. My obsession this week is the toxic all you want to do Britney Spears 6 mashup. I will put his uh, TikTok in our description for our YouTube listeners. And yeah, that wraps up our episode on Mamma Mia and also our obsessions this week. If you are interested in hosting your own podcast, we use Podbean. It's super easy, super convenient. And if you go to www.podbean.com slash off to B-Way, you can get a month free. And you can also subscribe to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at off to B-Way podcast with the number two and tweet us what song would give you life in Greece from Mamma Mia. Yes. And you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel if you are watching us here and we will see you guys next time. Bye.